going on, everybody? This is Who Watches the Watchers, a comic book smorgasbord podcast that we're hosting. This is Kenny. And I'm Ian. And today we're going to be doing a pretty fun one for me. Uh, We're doing the first book of Demon Slayer. Yes. um, And it's a big one for me because I'm a pretty big fan of both the manga and the anime. Uh, I kind of definitely got Ian in to read this one. Yes. (laughs) For sure. Um, But from my understanding, you did definitely kind of enjoy. Yeah. No, yeah. I read the first volume, which is the first six chapters. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I watched a selection mm-hmm. of the anime. <laughs> the prime selection of the anime, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Based on my yeah, recommendations. Yeah, but. Demon Slayer is created by Koyoharu Gotoroge. Gotoroge. Mm-hmm. That's good. That, yeah. That's good for me. Um, and I think he, I think they do a great job um, storytelling. I think it's, it's specifically in the manga. I don't know how much leadership he might have over mm-hmm. the anime, um, but in the manga, there's I think it's very well structured in exactly what he feels is necessary to portray in each panel. Um, but uh, this is a great story. I think I think you brought it up that this is a story that is kind of ages 12 and up, but only because that's what it's technically rated as the anime. Well, that's but, what I thought it was so funny is that like I just heard recently that McDonald's in Japan yeah. is doing yeah. Happy Meal toys with Demon Slayers. And just for how kind of gruesome this subject matter uh-huh. of this, this story is, it's so surprised to me that you can tell that Japan's like pitching it to their younger audience. This is like Shonen Jump yeah. material for them, which is just kind of hilarious to me because it's, it's violent. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of bloodshed and murder and you know like yeah. and graphicness in this have you story. seen any of the mcdonald's toys Mm-mm. no i wonder if they're any good i right. wonder if they're cool i just know that it was a whole thing where people were uh you know going and scalping them they were buying oh, a bunch of them and then, and then scalping the toys them. and you know? they probably sell pretty for pretty pennies yeah. international so you like, know what i mean Jap- mcdonald's japan like basically put out a statement where it was like don't be an asshole. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not even kidding. That's really, really why I heard about it, which I thought was kind of awesome. That's crazy. Um, but to get into it just a little bit, um, yeah. I mean, for anybody listening who doesn't totally know what Demon Slayer's about, yeah. uh, it's a manga and anime about a character back in kind of, you know, like... It's right after Edo Yeah, period. like the Edo period. So I like love Samurai. the time period that it takes place I, in. Honestly, I love Edo period style anime. Well, this, this specific time period is mm-hmm. obviously post-Edo because there's a Electricity and stuff oh, that like is that. True, yeah. Um, I love this time period mm-hmm. where, like, outside of main city metropolitan areas, it's you know very classic farmland type shit. And then inner city, you see like fedoras and yeah. shit. You, so you know, get what I that mean? funny culture clash yeah. we just saw of Tanjiro like being from the country and not seeing big cities yeah. and what they become. He's like, oh my, like, what is I, even going on here? <laughs> but that that time period, it's like. Oh man, I don't want to speak too out of out of place because I don't I don't know time mm-hmm. that well. Yeah. But it has to be like right at the end of the eighteen hundreds, right before the nine or right at the beginning of the nineteen hundreds, mm-hmm. maybe. But it's such a great I think it's a it, great time for storytelling. I've always wanted a story of or like a really good story of cowboys and vampires. Mm-hmm. And this is almost the same shit, but it's samurai. And demons. I just, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that because no, I thought it, that was how very kind cool. of parallel is that yeah. dream that you had, and this almost kind of achieves it just yeah. with like a slightly older, you know, Japanese yeah. version of it. Essentially. Exactly. 
But um, so anyway, yeah, so to jump into it, so it's post-Edo period, <laughs> yes. uh, Japan, and demons are a thing that exist. You know, they're kind of essentially like vampires. They yeah. eat people, and they grow stronger through that, And but they are weak against sunlight. You know, any sunlight essentially kills them mm-hmm. in seconds. You know, it's just to dust. Um, but our main character, Tanjiro Kamado, uh, after staying away from a night, um, comes home to find essentially his entire family yeah. slaughtered. But his one younger sister, Nezuko, has been turned into a demon somehow. Right. And so the story kind of goes through their experiences of him protecting her and attempting to have turn her human again. You right. know, it's that that is Tanjiro's true goal throughout this whole storyline is that he just wants to make Nezuko human. Uh, and so he becomes a demon slayer to yeah. do so, which is this cool kind of like pseudo non you know they're like non-government faction of yeah. warriors you know who um because like, at like this basically point, secret agents because at this point you're exactly right it's like the beginning of the 19th century where electricity or technology is really coming to you know the 20th century where technology is becoming a thing uh-huh. and so uh, most people don't believe in demons anymore yeah. it's like something that's just like uh, they live in cities that where demons probably can't really inhabit you know what i mean so they yeah. just don't even and so it's just mythological yeah to them. so to them they, they're not real so demon slayers aren't even taken wholeheartedly serious you yeah. know like how, it's like, uh how old is tanjiro supposed to be so i think when the story starts he's 14 but even oh, in that first book yeah. you know we jump yeah, two this, years in time so this first volume we see training for mm-hmm. two years like you said so by the time he is officially becoming a demon slayer he's 16 okay i want to talk about what this uh volume covers real quick mm-hmm. um it covers the first if you're more familiar with the anime it covers the four first four ish episodes. I think the fourth episode is final selection. Yeah, and much like the manga, the the ending of final selection is kind of open ended. Mm-hmm. Like you, not open ended, but it just that's how it ends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You just see him cut him up, and then that's because there's this giant demon. Yeah, um, yeah. They leave it. They leave that big uh, cliffhanger of yeah. like how does this fight end? Yeah, yeah. Kind of the same way they do at the end of this book that they do at the end of that episode yeah. of the manga. Yeah. You're right. That I, that's what I think is so great about the anime is that it does such a good job of being a parallel of the manga. I yeah. mean, it even to the art style and the way they draw yeah. certain situations, it's, it is true to the way the panels in the manga yeah. are drawn. You know? There's, I noticed a lot of scenes that were familiar cause I did watch the first or no, I watched the fourth episode mm-hmm. cause I was very familiar with the, the manga at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed a lot at how there was um, additional scenes Mm -hmm. in the anime that the manga either didn't talk about yet or just the anime is just filling stuff in. Yeah, because the manga does – you even mentioned it before. The manga moves – Quick, quick. yeah. I mean, they kind of just like it's sixty miles an hour almost from the start. You know, it's it's the fastest. It's so (laughs) fast. It just gets you in it immediately. Absolutely. Um, And it's it. You have to suspend your your belief or your understanding. No, you have to suspend your expectations a little bit at the beginning because you kind of just have to take it for what it is and just allow yourself to. get into it mm-hmm. when because your first exposure to this story was through the anime mm-hmm. um did you feel like you were hooked right from the start or because i i won't i won't lie to you it took me i think three 
uh, chapters into the volume until I was like, oh no, this is very good. Mm-hmm. Before before that, I was like, oh yeah, you know, your tropes, you're following your your typical you ideas. You feel like that way as far as the manga went? The or manga, the... yes. Okay, I see when you saying. first watched the anime, were you hooked immediately? So, I, I mean, for me as like an audience, especially when it comes to, you know, cinematic entertainment, like, uh-huh. uh, I feel like... Uh, sound versus visuals is incredibly important and so that's where that show really gets me and really drew me in is that i feel like they do a fantastic job of like the sound design the score matched with the the music is very i mean the score is fantastic and i really love the the like the main theme that they do for that show oh yeah the opening theme i just think it all with the art style they choose to do and the freeform art style once again that they choose to do where it's almost like one punch man likes to kind of do where he goes from a very aggressively serious Yes. art style to a quirky like oh you yeah. know and just the split of a second you see it a lot in anime but to be done tastefully is not always the case you know yeah, what i mean no, that's a, very true and i think that demon slayer does it beautifully you know what i mean so there was a lot that that anime really drew me into but just like any good show it does a great job of leaving you at these little cliffhangers at the mm-hmm. end of each you know part of the story and so i was genuinely drawn in immediately and like i said before i think this could be like the number one anime for me, you know, in a big way, like moving forward, just simply because it has so much potential right now. You know what I mean? It's almost like a good stock, you know, like I'm putting a lot of investment into it because I genuinely think it's got a really bright future and I'm I'm pumped for the the movie to come out, you know? How much of the book have you read? So I am up to book 15. Okay. So I'm getting, I'm getting through it pretty good. You know, they have, how much time has passed? Would you say? Not a lot, actually. That's where it's really interesting to me is that, yeah, not a ton of time passes throughout this story. I mean, Mm. I can't even imagine from final selection, it's even been a year, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. It's really like not a ton of time. Cause I, I jumped around in the anime and it felt like a lot of time had passed between the episodes that I watched because I, I watched a little, like a scatter of maybe 12 episodes of the 26 yeah, just to kind of get a good feeling. They of, also don't do the best job explaining how much time has passed between yeah. things. You know what I mean? Like how much time he travels between the missions we see him do yeah. and things like that. So it's a little open-ended in that way. But in one of the latter episodes, they do express that he is still 16 years old, which oh, is how okay. old we know he turned yeah pre-final selection you know so that's why i'm like i'm pretty sure it's not even a full year has passed from the time that he's even become a full-fledged demon slayer from the time that i'm reading you know so um about how far into the anime did you think that the manga is Uh, did i word that wrong how far into the manga does the anime stop at i think it's like book five okay we discussed yeah so it actually surprised me at how far yeah, they win in single season. You know what I mean. Yeah. Considering that, like, I guess yeah, book twenty three is it. You know, yeah. be the final story. That means I guess the show will really only maybe have four to five seasons, seasons max before they kind of. There's probably going to be a couple of movies that cover a couple of books, and that's also so yeah. true because yeah, I believe the movie coming out fully covers book six. You know, whatever yeah. book it's covering, it fully it, it is the story yeah. of that. Entire if you guys book know better, you can you can tweet at me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> tell me I'm an idiot because I'm the one who's actually read it. <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, it's it from what I've what I've seen, it's yeah. it's a cool story. But this is all right to talk about like our our main characters a little bit. Like, how yeah. did you? What do you? Who do you like? I mean, what did you like? I mean, was, were you kind of okay. intrigued by like the dynamic we get between these our three? What I'll call our three main right here demon slayers. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I like their relationship by the end of the anime Mm -hmm. a lot. Them being introduced to each other and um, learning or putting up with each other, I found a little bit aggravating. Mm -hmm. By the time they're all getting on the train at the end of the show, I'm like, oh boy, I I like these three boys together. Yeah, Um, Zenitsu is a lot. You know what I mean? Okay. I, lo- I have a huge love-hate for I want to talk about yeah. Zenitsu. So Zenitsu is the Pepe Ron. Le Pew. Is Ron. <laughs> it's, it's Pepe Le Pew mixed with Ron Weasley. He's um, He is a weasel of a boy. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I was reading Zenitsu rather than hearing Zenitsu, I would love... I think, love, love, love him. I think he's too literal of a translation yeah. from a manga. Like the outrageousness yes. translates so beautifully on paper, and you're like, "This is so funny." But to have it put screamed, to you on screamed and yell, you're like, "This colors. guy's too much, <laughs> man!" Like, yeah, this is too much, man. But, <laughs> but I just, I love him. I think he's such a. By the time he's fighting the spiders in the fucking forest. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like knocked out and he's only like subconsciously portraying the one stance his mm-hmm. grandfather taught him. I was in love with this kid. That's what he makes his character so great is that like, even if his consciousness can be a little infuriating, it's mm-hmm. like he has this hidden power within him. Like it just takes yeah. him like knocking himself out in yeah. order to like come into it. And I think that's such a fun character design, you know, wanted, in a way. I wanted to talk about the fact that where, Tanjiro can has like a strong sense of smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zenitsu has a strong sense of hearing. Is do we see any other aspect like that with any other characters? Absolutely. Oh. It seems like basically like any anime or anything else. Uh-huh. They all kind of have like a uh, to say the word a quirk, you know, like some <laughs> kind of some kind of power, you yeah. know, some kind of special thing that kind of makes them stand out. I mean, it's why they were even able to become demon slayers in the first place. You know what I yeah. mean? They're like above average people for having these kind of. Um, capabilities and so yeah like from where I'm reading right now I'm learning a little bit more about the other character we saw past final selection not the girl but the guy who like you know grabbed oh, right, 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 you know, right. the um, mohawk man Shiraga- yeah Shiragawa Ga- Gayu I believe is his name I'm not gonna you know, tweet yeah. at me if we're dumb but anyway <laughs> um, you know I'm starting to, I'm seeing more about that character finally yeah. and so he has his to not spoil too much for you he has his own thing that's and very interesting vision? Um, no, so it's something completely different to oh, like, you know, it's, such it, a it doesn't track with like those necessarily power sets. We don't see anything it, like advanced vision or anyone like that. I wanted it to be like, hear no evil, speak yeah. no evil, see no evil, but in Tanjiro's case, I guess, smell no evil. <laughs> but yeah, so funny enough, out of the three, I really, I mean, I really love the kind of the concept of Inosuke too, though, which yeah, is this is like very cool. raised in the woods, you know, like. Um, just taught himself, you know, because that's just it. his. He is the only one to ever use beast breathing as fun little form. Yeah. It's, a, it's a form of breathing, which is you know the way they fight. You yes. know, is is the form of breathing that he created on his own time. Yeah, because he's a he's wild just, card. He's basically. just a, yeah, he's, he's just a wild animal. And I loved that first fight that they have with he has with Tandro, where he's just like, oh, we're, we're going to fight with our hands, and he just throws his swords down and just starts you know showing his skills. What is the whole deal with Tanjiro having such a hard head? Um, I think it's just like a, a power set of his, you know. Oh, okay. I mean, like I thought it was supposed to represent some sort of stubbornness or something. That's that's one thing that I have to um, kind of accept about 
manga and mm-hmm. anime is that everything that they want to tell you will literally be told to you. Yeah. Rather than uh, something more, I guess, Western, where it's like, oh, you got to read between the lines yeah. to fully get what the character's motives are sometimes. They'll never like, blatantly be like, this guy has a really hard head, you yeah. know? Like- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's so, yeah, with something like Tanjiro, I always kind of, like, with his hard head, I was like, is there some sort of hidden meaning yeah. behind that? Is it like, oh, he's too stubborn to uh, just Is it say a that? metaphor yeah, yeah, of exactly. a hard head versus just literally he's got a rock hard skull? Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I didn't know if there was anything that explicitly talks about that. Definitely not. I would honestly say they just think the guy's got a rock hard head and a hell of a nose. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that the anime shows to you fairly quickly that I didn't see at all in my time reading the manga was the strings, the, the kind of threads that he connects whenever he's fighting. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk about that in the manga. That is, that in, is true. In it the is, first volume. It is least. one thing. No, I feel like it, it does come up in the, in the, manga? in the manga a little bit, but not nearly as much. I feel like they made it more of a vital sense of how he fights in the, anime. in the anime. I think that's something that can very easily be done visually in a, in a medium that moves rather than, is still images exactly and i think it helps kind of kind of what you're talking about earlier it makes this fact that he has this insane sense of smell kind of make more sense or be more relevant in a fighting kind of sense because what it is is him smelling the or he's seeing and smelling that opening thread that allows him to like get in close and get that that kill you know what i mean so um yeah just leave it to anime to give their you know their main characters just too many secret abilities that stack onto each other you know what i mean (laughs) Um, um, does it matter at all to the Demon Slayer core that um, what's his name? Uh, what is his name in in Yusuke? What is his name? Inosuke. Inosuke. Um, that he didn't do final selection. So he did do final oh. selection. So really, all that it was is that he left before the sword giving uh-huh. ceremony he just was just too impatient to go already fight demons so he Jesus. just he was up on the mountain the seven days everybody else was he just didn't bother to show up to that final like okay. you did it you know yeah. what i mean so it was a funny thing that i even noticed because i did watch the enemy first they mentioned so five of y'all passed and there's only there's four a, you people, only ever see the four the four people standing there so they it was just him yeah essentially what is the butterfly girl's name do you know off the top of your head it starts with a K. Okay. Kanayo. I think it's Kanayo. <clears throat> um, um, is she, does she travel with the boys at any point? So no, she doesn't. So fun little fact about her is that she, her older sister is one of the Hashira. She's yeah. the insect Hashira. And yes. so her role right now is that she's basically being personally trained. Oh, to be a, by, by her older sister. Essentially. Is, is she going to take on the next it, Hashira role? That would be kind of the idea is that she would be the next insect Hashira. So she know? basically has a main, like a straight track. Yeah, to exactly. She's got like success. that kind of legacy fast track where she's already being personally trained by a Hashira who's her own sibling, yeah. you know? Um, and so if you didn't know, she also doesn't, speak so it's kind of a big thing for her character you know is that like we can tell she kind of has a thing for tanjiro you know just a little bit and so um (laughs) he's going to be like a reason for her to kind of come out of her shell and and maybe even speak you know even further so it's something excited to kind of you know yeah but that's that i think that's that that ship that people are going for you know is there anything that you've read so far in the manga that you were more than excited to see in the anime going forward 
Lots of stuff. But, Lots of uh, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much for you, you know, yeah. or the audience. Um, but I think that it does a good job. I'm excited to see how they translate it simply because of how good of a job a lot of it goes from page to, to, yeah. to screen. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? And there's... Um, like just from what I was reading last night, and I kind of told you that you know it really got my ass last night. You know, yeah. reading the reading that. What do you mean by got book your ass? Because like us talking <laughs> to each other, I understand what yeah. that means. What do you mean got? So your ass? Um, I mean, it actually like really emotionally got me. You know, where I kind of had to take a moment, like set the book down, and be like, like "Did you shed a wow. tear?" I not literally <laughs> so much as metaphorically in the okay. sense of being quite, you know, like uh, if you did shed a tear, you would have told us. Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. If a true sheer tear would have been shed, and I wish <laughs> that it would have pushed me far enough. But you gotta honestly, you gotta have music to get me to that point. A lot oh, of time. Oh, okay. I think that's why. Funny enough, why movies and TV shows are so good at making me cry sometimes is, is just the audio. Is the, the audio the, the soundtrack? Yeah. No, absolutely. I completely, dude. When I'm writing. And I'm writing to something that is emotionally uh, driven when it comes to the music because I always listen to, um, what is it, vocalist music, mm-hmm. instrumental music. If I'm writing something and uh, the music's fucking dope, I think what I've written is so much doper <laughs> than it probably is. And sometimes I'll catch myself crying to the thing I've written and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Why did I do this? <laughs> um, when was the last time you read something that made you cry? Can you remember? Well, oh, is there anything that specifically st- stands out? I'm trying to think off the top of my head because there's definitely been some books that have made me kind of cry. Over Did the, the parts time. of being a wallflower ever make you cry? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I think even just in subject matter, if not by reading it, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, even The Catcher in the Rye, I feel like at a point, like really yeah. got a big emotional pull from me. I think, yeah, the whole such good, the brother stuff. There's just such good things to tip pull from those books and, you know, feel like, <laughs> Yeah, I want to what talk about... you think about, about like, the Demon Slayer? Like, because you... Yeah, you would even mentioned it before. Like, you think it's kind of wild that how the Demon Slayer final... Demon Slayer course final selection is kind of set up where yeah. we have this mountain, you know, that's got wisteria, which is a flower that, like, is anti-demon, yeah. essentially, at the base. And they just throw all these kids up on a mountain. They're like, all right, survive with all these demons for a week, you yeah. know? And so it's how we kind of got this giant arm demon yeah, we find no, yeah. you know that has does he have a name do we have an explicit I don't think we name we ever truly really no. get a name let's for just him. call him uh Oroko- what is the Orokodaki yeah his demon yeah Orokodaki's demon yeah. you know I mean, um, which is truly what it is it you know, is yeah no, cuz he's he's been captured by Orokodaki mm-hmm. who is the trainer of Tanjiro mm-hmm. um and one of the Hashiro Hashiro, yeah, Giyotomura. So he was, uh, and so just to tell you, Urukodaki is also a former Hashira himself, and oh. so it's why he kind of garners the respect. Where um, you know, used to, in the anime, uh, yeah. we see the letter he's written to yeah. the master of the Demon Slayer Corps, and that was, I feel like that was that's such a powerful moment mm-hmm. in in the storyline because it shows how much he and Giyu put faith in. Tanjiro and Nezuko that yeah. they are that he's know, willing to commit seppuku yeah, or was that they both is? yeah, yeah. Seppuku, they both they say that all three of them will willingly do it if, if she, she kill, ever, ever yeah. kills somebody and so can you imagine if she killed, just like hurt right well, yeah can you imagine if she just killed that guy right there in front of everybody or like even just yeah attack I mean him? obviously I had full belief that she wouldn't yeah um but yeah how no. inconvenient that would have been to all uh, three the, of them the way that Hashira act I'm like how the fuck are these guys the leaders I mean just right there the first that was a bad first impression of them I'm sure they're dope later mm-hmm. on in the story. Exactly. No, I think they, I agree completely that they come off incredibly like arrogant and like, how are these the greatest? Not even of the great- arrogant. Like, just like 
the the fact that they they're already so cemented in the world of demon slaying that they can't open their minds once to a good more. demon. Yeah, because like they already had to open their mind to the idea of demons existing to begin with. You know what I mean? So like, because that's something that Tanjiro is like, what you know at first. Um, but I don't know. It's just the Hashira. I I can't wait to learn more about mm-hmm. them first and foremost because they're they're obviously created to be a very colorful selection of of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just it bummed me out that that's how they were for the most part. And an interesting thing I realized rewatching those scenes was that that kind of extra douchey Hashira, the one with the scars that was yeah. like stabbing the wind Hashira that was stabbing um, the guy that finished final selection with the also scars on his face is his younger brother oh, that is his younger brother becoming a sl- demon slayer and passing final selection so i was like there's actually a lot of legacy he kind of noticed yeah. in the demon slayer core as well too but the the grandfather that trains zenitsu or mm-hmm. Zen- zenitsu zenitsu is that he was he a hashira so it's never explicitly said but i would kind of guess that he probably also is either like a former hashira or you know some sort like of high level demon yeah. core, you know, member, demon slayer core member. Um, because I, I would like to learn more about him. Do we get more of him in the manga? Not that I've seen. Oh, that's a bummer. I know it's a little bit of a bummer they don't explore Zenitsu's past more because I he's someone who I think deserves more than what his personality presents sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the manga, when you're reading it, do you hear? The, the I anime. absolutely do. <laughs> I absolutely do. Especially with yeah the th- the three main characters. I feel like their voice acting is you know like stand true to like. I wonder if the guy that plays uh fucking um, God damn it now I can't remember his name but the the second guy in Yu Yu Hakusho is the oh. guy that plays um <laughs> you know what is his name Inosuke 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 because they sound a lot alike. Fuck! I wish I could remember his name. Uh, the one with the, the orange hair? Yeah, the pompadour. Yeah, I haven't watched Yu Yu shoes since like Toonami, <laughs> so I've been wanting to give it a second chance. Okay. Like, a new rewatch. You want to we'll, take a break? Yeah, let's take a small break and then we'll come back to Demon Slayer right after this. Okay. Hey guys, we're back. Um, Kurabara, that's the guy that I was talking about. Kurabara. I want to see if he is in Demon Slayer. Uh, Christopher Sabat is the actor's name. It doesn't look like he's the guy that plays uh, Inosuke in mm-hmm. Demon Slayer. What do you think about Inosuke's tell. real face? Were you happy that we got to see it so early? Um, Were you bummed that he's beautiful? No, I didn't get that aspect from it. Like, obviously with anime, they kind of have to tell you who is or isn't beautiful. Yeah. Because they all look the fucking same. Same. Um, (laughs) I mean, just big eyes, small nose, small mouth. Um, But I thought he was older. Was where it confused me. So when it turned out that he was the fifth of their final selection, I was a little bit bummed out about that. I was hoping he was going to be like an older, slightly more tenured demon slayer that kind of joined their group. You know what I mean? I like that they're all kind of at the same range. Mm -hmm. I've I've come to terms with that now. It was just like in that initial introduction, I was like, oh, this is going to be like that 
older, crazy, unhinged demon slayer that just doesn't yeah. follow the rules of the core anymore I, or something, you know? When you told me that there was a guy with a boar head, I was like, oh, it's mystical. He's like half man, half boar. Uh-huh. So that's, I was kind of a little disappointed by that. it's that, just a mask. That yeah. it's just a dude. Um, but I mean, I like Inosuke regardless. Um, we also found out that it's the first seven or so volumes oh, yeah. that the anime That the covers. anime does cover, yeah. Um, but a, a little bit about the movie. What is the movie called? Do you know? It's the Mugen Train. Mugen Train. Be. So uh, did you f- watch the final episode of? Yeah. So it l- ends with them all getting, getting on, a on a train together, yeah. which I love that little sequence too, where obviously Zenitsu's like, it's a train. And the yeah. two that have never seen a train in their life are like, it's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I believe that the anime will be the full events of book eight, which are the events of the Mugen train and kind of what in- all the encounters that go on yeah. on that train ride, which is a... Is it a lot in the manga? It's just the one book, um, but it's it's a wild ride. Honestly, it's a it's honestly a, a perfect story to condense into one movie. movie. I feel like okay. because it uh, it flows very well together. It flows really well together. It'll be a really fun cinematic experience for oh, people. Yeah. Just from from what I know, the yeah it goes on in the story a little bit. I think it'll be a fantastic kind of story to see Are you gonna on see the big it screen. In- I, I think I'm going to go out of my way to try to go see it in the IMAX. I okay. believe it comes out at the end of April, so the end of next month. And okay. so uh, hopefully they'll be showing it here in the IMAX Dude. in San Antonio, Texas. Maybe I'll go with you, honestly. <laughs> and we can go see it, you know, because that, <laughs> that would be pretty dope. Um, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that when they finished this anime, they were like, mm-hmm. I need to know more, and jumped onto the manga immediately. Do you recommend that as a jumping point, like issue or volume eight, or would you rather recommend reading, rereading all of what you already saw in manga form before getting further into it? True story, I jumped straight to book eight. Oh, you did? After I, after I started the manga, because I, I didn't literally do that but i skimmed through the book first few books and uh-huh. realized how parallel they yeah. really were and so i went ahead and just hard started reading at book eight and i felt like it was yeah i, I mean it was like seamless i mean i could have yeah. i could have just gone from the show to the book and there was no confusion whatsoever yeah. and i think that's amazing you know design on their part um so it's like either way you kind of want to play it it's probably a little unfaithful to me to have skipped the first yeah like you know it's partly um do you feel like you'll ever go back and reread it um I, in which i i did reread the first book for, for this, this yeah. you know and so i took so i technically have read one and then eight through 15 now but i think i will eventually reread it because it really is a great story i mean yeah. genuinely and it's a it's an it's i don't want to call it an easy read but it's a read that just you I don't want to put down i think it's easy to digest for yeah sure. i don't want to call it easy in the sense of like being simple you okay, know what i mean yeah. but it's easy in the way that yeah, it just it, your brain just accepts it and you know it's yeah. just a fantastic story story that just makes you want to uh, keep going let's talk a little bit more about volume one um we have the we have the first appearance of giyu uh, what is it? To- Tomira? Giyu Tomura. Tomura. Giyu um, Tomura. Um, and when I first saw Giyu, I thought it was a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Anime. Yeah. <laughs> does Giyu come back later as a more main focal point in the story? Is it kind of a character that keeps reoccurring? Or? So like the rest of the Hashira, he definitely kind of shows up in times of need is okay. what I would say. And I think Giyu is definitely important in the sense that he's like that first person that gave true faith to Tendro and Ezeko. Yeah. 
but he's also like responsible for them in a huge way. You know what I mean? Like we That's said, he, so true. him and Urukodaki have both sworn their lives to, you know, like if, if she screws up, you know, they're all going to pay for it. And so, yeah. but beyond that, they're all the water breathers of the stories. You know oh, what I mean? They're all, they'd all do water breathing. Well, three, Cause that's, yeah, that's, that's what Urukodaki knows. And that's oh, what he's taught. Um, yes. and so we learn kind of through the story that Tanjiro, although has mastered water breathing the best mm-hmm. he can, it's not the true breathing form oh. that's like natural to him, if you can understand what I'm saying. And so that's kind of an interesting thing. That oh, because his goes father was a fire breather. It's exactly. Well, is and it so, fire breathing or flame breathing? Because so there's also a difference say, yeah. and they both exist is what we kind of come to learn. That's, and so, is that is that important? It is definitely important. Oh, uh, I wonder. So It's funny that in the manga, it never explains explicitly says well at least in the first volume that water breathing is what um urokodaki taught Mm -hmm. because you're just kind of led to believe that he will be able to split a giant boulder which that first time we saw it it was almost like wait was there real water like (laughs) i'm confused right now (laughs) because of the way the anime style yeah the art style is for sure i I was like a little shocked but i think it's such a i think that's a beautiful translation of of once again the manga so literally taught yeah no i mean it's it's cool to for that to be how it's whipped out in the story is like, by the way, this is what he knows from the training, mm-hmm. and I'm only going to tell you by showing you. Um, but it's also the giant boulder that he has to split. He trains with the two ghosts, former students of uh, Urokodaki, uh, Sabito and Makama. Makamo. Oh, Makamo. Sorry. No, you're fine. I uh, didn't write that very well. <laughs> um, and they... They basically teach him or train him for like another year up on the mountain um, in order to split the boulder without shattering his sword is what the the goal is. And if you think about nature and what water is able to do weathering away stones and, and shaping them, it's almost like an extreme version of water breathing in that sense where he's able to cut straight through the stone. Mm-hmm. And to rewatch, I really felt like how they kind of split it up is that the training with Urokodaki is very physical. It's like train his physical body. Yeah. But then once he's training with Sabito and Makamo, oh. it's all very mental. It's about taking that training yeah. and actually mentally understanding not just why you're doing these physical motions, but why they're important and, and why doing them exactly right every, you know, constantly is so important and will make your movements perfect you yeah know? and the metaphor exists there as that they are not physical yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that urokodaki is the physical training and they're the spiritual training yeah. of the of the two halves that's so, the, okay talking about it makes it so much better than reading it i, exactly. I gotta tell you because like um it's one thing to read the manga and absorb it and be like wow this is great but to sit here and talk about it and, and understand it on another level is is much better in my opinion. Exactly, because it's like to take that step away and to think about why these things are happening the way they are. Because yeah. it really truly took me kind of like a second watch, a second read to yeah. appreciate these, you know, that like kind of detail about that. Because to watch it a second time, I was like, that's it's so much that that he's getting his ass kicked. But then the first conversation he has with Sabito is you haven't learned anything from your training. You know the motions, but you don't know why you're yeah. doing the motions. You know what I mean? He's like, you have to beat it into your body every day to learn exactly how to do it. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that's like, if that's not the real ass way to learn something, I don't know what else is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we learned that the demon that Urokodaki placed at final selection. Urokodaki's demon. Um, is 
he's been eating all his kids. <laughs> he's just, I mean, yeah, he's been eating. Well, yeah, I mean, and, yeah. And it, even worse, we find out that Uro Kodaki is basically the reason they're all getting targeted because he gives them all these warding fox masks yeah. and is like, all right, well, this is going to keep you safe while you're in there. And then that demon's like, oh, there's the asshole I want to eat. Yeah. You, know? Like, you know what this reminds me of is a um, hundred years ago when you used to play League of Legends, oh, hey. the term feeding. Yeah. I'm just feeding the other team. That's what Uro Kodaki was doing. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's... Uh, it's it's just funny to me. Um, I like this. Um, I like the first volume a lot. Mm-hmm. I would recommend this first volume to anyone that's interested in reading manga. Yeah, especially manga that's action based. Because if y'all can't tell, we're not particular manga readers. You no, know yeah. what I mean? So I definitely this, want to get more into this. It. Kind of got plucked out of the spectrum of manga as something that I really felt like was worth the read. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you know me, I'm a huge Naruto fan, but I don't think I would ever sit down and read. Oh, Naruto. You know what I mean? That's a deep well. Uh, And not even just for the fact that it's so much content, but just the fact that it's just not something I feel like... Oh, is on that other level. I was on that level of, like... I mean, I, I, that's not the right word. It is on that level of storytelling, but on that level of like where I feel like it would translate just as well from paper yeah. to anime. You know, I feel like they're going to have those differences that are going to make them feel impure to each other. Yeah. Where this is on the opposite end of that spectrum. It is, they're so pure to each other that I can't imagine the mon- any of the manga readers for Demon Slayer being upset with what the anime is it would yeah. really i would really be interested to hear that argument yeah. because i genuinely think it is so true and honest to what the manga wants to present you know yeah it's as quirky and cute but serious and crazy as the the subject matter was from the start i feel like this this um uh, this manga demon slayer as a whole is the perfect in between of something vast like naruto or one piece and something extremely condensed like um cowboy bebop or mm-hmm. fully Cooly or something like that mm-hmm. where it's like i want something extremely concise but i also want something that has a broad broad story to tell and that's that's where this falls in line with and, and i like that there is different tiers of long form storytelling or concise storytelling you know what i mean and demon slayer seems to be that yeah absolutely. Um, are you bummed that it has a finality as it does i know that you haven't read it but are Mm -hmm. you bummed that you are closer to the end than the closer to the beginning just like any good story you kind of never want it to end you never Mm -hmm. want to step away from the characters but also just like any good story it should finish when it's still good instead of just continuing to go on and you know in spite of things like um so i'm happy that it obviously has this condensed storyline in that i honestly i'm glad that not from what I can see, not a ton of time passes from the when we start well, to when we yeah. finish. You know, from what I from what I know, I know there is a time jump. I did read that there is somewhere. A, some uh, somewhere later on there is going to be a little bit of a time hop. But I like that it's basically a, a, a this one story of kind of this one point in Tandro and Nezuko's lives. Yeah. You know, and I love that where you you know you get a lot of time hops and a lot of big scale time. In a lot of these stories, I yeah. like that it's a very condensed story in that way. Um, you know, I'm also watching Dororo right oh, now, yeah. which is which an is anime. also in pre pre this era, and which is in the Edo exactly. Era. So it's in true Edo time uh-huh. period, um, and I'm truly enjoying it right now. Um, and I think is there I'm, anything mystical on that, or is it more about form of samurai? 
So it's definitely mystical in the sense of demons. So oh, okay. it's very demon inspired. It's more, it's like more grounded and less grounded, you know, okay. um, in some ways. But I would compare the shows on, in a lot of the aspects of like demons and ghouls being the primary evil, you okay. know, yeah. um, of what they're kind of fighting up against. Just a, a story that's probably been told before, but not in this, style and okay. um and just in a really fresh way you know yeah and it keeps its violence violent but light you know yeah um and it's got a care a character dynamic for our two leads between dororo and hyakamaru who oh, okay. is a, kind of our main um protagonist you know oh, okay um this is something I'll have to actually look into this because I, I know almost nothing about it. I think it. you would really enjoy the the dynamic between our main two characters, which to not tell you too much, um, Dororo is just a young boy, uh-huh. a young orphan boy who comes across our main character, Hyakumaru. Or there are, you know, but essentially both our mains. Uh-huh. Hyakumaru, who is a deaf and blind oh. samurai who wow. has prosthetic sword arms. Holy shit, okay. So I don't want to spoil it too much beyond that. <laughs> that sounds like some Attila Battle Angel mm-hmm. type shit. Uh, and he can <laughs> he can only see and go around battling because he can see the color of souls of oh. living creatures. And so evil souls like demons are like blood red versus pure souls which come out white like a white flame is kind of how it's described so it's a very interesting kind of you know dynamic and exactly the first episode you watch you're like um he's blind and deaf how how the hell you know and so daredevil's already a little difficult yeah uh, and so it breaks it breaks its rules a little bit i feel like there's times where things you're like that kind of doesn't make sense Uh and because of those those aspects but beyond that it it tells a very good pure story that i'm enjoying greatly i'm getting i'm getting pretty close to finishing it okay i'm in the middle of watching right now so i'll let you know how i feel <laughs> <laughs> at the finale of it but it is it's i believe 26 episodes and it's done oh so okay. it's, that's, that's it. why i even bring it up is that it is a condensed story that i'm kind of experiencing right now similar to demon slayer and i think um it's going to be kind of like a even more condensed version of yeah. said story you know um i want to talk about nezuko for a minute mm-hmm. in volume one it definitely makes it seem like Nezuko is down for the count. It like I if I if you ask me like oh so what do you see the future for Nezuko is I would say oh she hangs out with Nur or what is his name Urokodaki Urokodaki until fucking Tanjiro finds a cure somehow you She's know what just I mean? the coma queen now yeah <laughs> but no in the anime you definitely see her become like the fourth member you know, of their team essentially exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I, I like that a lot. I like that it her and her and Tanjiro almost kind of seen as a unit. You know what yeah. I mean? They're two halves of the same whole. They're you know? like, like a demon slayer together. Exactly. Um, I want to I want to say something that might be oh it is criticism. Just go for it. Okay, we can be critical. It's okay. This, <laughs> the show has two female characters uh-huh. that do not speak. That is true. I mean, it's the same with the manga, though. Oh, yeah. That attracts. You know what I mean? The story, like, the story does have two mute yeah, yeah. female characters. And it's just a little bit of a bummer. There's a lack of female voice. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like there to be a little bit more. I think that is the biggest bummer. And even on top of that, I didn't notice it until literally right now. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was the main antagonist. Muzan Kibutsuchi. I 
from the snippets, the little bits that we get of him in the anime, mm-hmm. it's so hard to parse what this guy is. But yeah. he seems like Michael Jackson Dracula. Basically. <laughs> I think he is literally thousands of years old or like uh-huh. way older than we can even think that he is. He's obviously like the original demon or an original demon. Yeah. Um, and Oh, so there's hints of something even grander than him? No, I think that he is the the creation of it and okay. through um, a lot essentially like, violence. You a know lot like I mean? Dracula where he's the first vampire. He gives vampirism to everyone else. Exactly. But he is technically the only one that can turn? So we've been told. Because there was also that woman. Exactly, who has successfully turned a demon, but through... A ton of trial and error. Yeah, it was like two hundred years or some shit. Yeah, like and that. through a ton of trial and error and a lot of failure. You know yeah. what I mean? And so we don't even totally know how she did it. You know, Lady yeah. Tomura, I believe, is what her yeah, name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Um and so Do we see her again in the manga? Absolutely. Oh, because okay. she becomes very important because she's essentially how Tanjiro she's like the scientist that is going to cure uh, Nezuko. Oh, she's the one cool. who's convinced she can make a cure, you know. Yeah, so, since she's already made the um the poison, she can make create it the a antidote. Cure. Exactly. Okay. So she basically tells Tanjiro, if you can get me blood of those those closest to Muzan Kibutsuchi, oh. I can create a cure through their blood. You oh, know what shit. I mean? And so that's where he kind of gets put on a mission of trying to find the twelve Kibutsuchi or the twelve. Um, ki- oh my god, the twelve main demons that yeah. are below um, Kibutsuchi to essentially try to ex- extract their blood and yeah. find a cure for Nezuko. It's what even uh, drives. So me. we're like in in like post anime spoiler territory. I no, want definitely not. No, that's in that's the anime. In, that's all in the anime. Okay, I didn't, I didn't get. Yeah, that sorry. Up. Yeah, so okay. that's all definitely in the anime. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about post anime. Yeah. Um. So, to. uh, fuck. What was I gonna ask? I just don't want to spoil too much for you. You know. I mean, that's fine. I'm for gonna, you. <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy it regardless. Um, I had a question about. Muzikan. Is that his name? Muzan. Muzan. Yeah, his first name is just Muzan. Like it's Muzan. Right. Muzan Kibutsuchi. Okay. Um, I can't remember what I was going to ask now. Damn we, it. If, I know it bothered you that we literally see him with a family, yeah. kind of the first experience, and then the next time we see him, he's just a woman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask, is he, is he responsible for Nezuko? Do we see that? So we have not blatantly seen that from anything that I've oh. read or seen. I'm sure that it's come up in the manga farther along the lines, but by book 15, that still hasn't totally been confirmed or seen. Do you feel like he is? I believe so because responsible because that's that's the lore that we're led to believe. Yeah, I mean that he is the only one who can turn demons. His scent is what Tanjiro is convinced he smells, you know, from his home. That was the the odor that he sent. Um, So I'm very interested on the the whys. You know, I think there's a very that's that's not even touched on yet at all either. Is why he did it. So yeah, I think that I think that Muzan is definitely the person responsible. I think the big mystery is supposed to be why it happened. And like, it wasn't just some random attack of violence. And yeah. if anything, Tanjiro only survived simply by not being there. You know yeah. what I mean? Obviously. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with their father. You know, if I'm guessing oh. who I believe had probably a secret past that, you know, hasn't been fully revealed, you know, as maybe a, you know, a demon slayer of some sorts. Um, but to not even, spoil it too much for myself or dwell too much into things that I don't totally know yet. There are constant hints at the, um, basically the number one demon just below 
Muzan, his uh-huh. number one, you know, demon essentially is a former demon slayer. Oh shit. Who we kind of see who looks very similar to Tanjiro. Uh-oh. He has the, uh, the, scar? the scar on his oh, forehead fuck. and the red hair. Because um, he was sick, right? Mm-hmm. Tanjiro's father. Do you think it's possible he became a demon to stay alive? So essentially, I, I'm very interested to see where the story is going to go in that. Fuck. It's I'm not sure if he's meant to be Tanjiro's father or if it's just it's someone just who's a red herring who has that that similar kind of look to him. So it's it's something that the yeah, it's very interesting. You know what I mean? In the fuck, um, maybe maybe. It is Tanjiro's dad. I'm just hypothesizing. No, yeah, so I mean, we you don't have like, to confirm or deny. Maybe yeah. this is Tanjiro's father. Don't I don't deny. I don't know. Uh, you know okay. what I mean? So that's what I mean. But maybe like he owes uh, Muzan, Muzan. Yeah, and so Muzan's like, "Well, I want your daughter. Then that's what you owe me." And so that's why he turned her. Maybe, mm-hmm. but at the same time, why wouldn't he take her? So it's interesting, yeah. And why slaughter the whole family? You know what I mean. So I think that there's maybe like a vengeance thing, and he was looking for something. Uh-huh. Maybe is like we're we're gonna go for, it. but it's yeah, it's something that uh, I guess we'll we'll find out, you know, or we won't because anime tends to do that sometimes too, yeah. and things just happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is the reality. Like manga and anime has a big habit of like having stuff happened to happen and characters do things just because it was something they could do you know like i want to ask um out of all the demons that we've seen throughout the anime and the manga does it seem possible that muzan was the only one to have turned every single one of them so i know a little bit about muzan's history and how he came to be if you want me to tell you yes which is that he was sick and dying Uh and so a doctor came up with like almost like a mystical medicine Uh to try to save him and but while like before the medicine like does it have anything to do the wisterian family what are they called the wisterian no 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 nothing like that i'm not seeing that i'm not too sure and why he has such a vengeance against the leader of the demon slayer Corps. okay but what it what it is just to explain it even quicker he takes this medicine that this doctor gives him but then gets impatient thinking it's not working and so he kills the doctor but in that moment of violence the it's like the mysticalness of the medicine essentially takes over and now that's like kind of what he feels. It kind of like turns. It like basically gives him power for having committed this murder, and so he feeds off of the doctor's body, and it gives him strength. But also, make, he, he kind of realizes he also can't go out in the sunlight, and just begins feeding on humans, and slowly becomes essentially the first demon, I guess, until he yeah. grew enough strength to start spreading the. I, I'll even say it would probably be a virus that you know, if that's oh, how okay. it kind of came to be, the medicine most likely you know, mutated whatever virus was killing him inside of his body and transformed him into, you know, it's almost like a yeah. I am legend type scenario where the antivirus turns into the virus, yeah. you know? Um, um, I wanted to talk about the the flowers. What are they called? Wisteria. wisteria. Okay, so the wisteria, that name mm-hmm. already sounds Western. Mm-hmm. Are, do we learn more about the wisteria family? So not that I've yeah, seen or read or anything okay. like that. It's basically just known that, the, you know, that flower is, for whatever reason, the anti, yeah. you know, That's demon, so the anti-Muzon. So, and he also has a weird obsession with a blue lily flower, or the blue... It's the it's the flower that's in the credits of the yeah, show. If you yeah, see yeah. at the post end, he's obsessed with finding one of those that's blue because that's supposedly what the 
medicine the doctor gave him was made of, but it's something that can never be found or cultivated. So it's like a big mystery for Muzan. And what he's really aiming for is to try to be able to conquer. Now that he's conquered immortality, he Uh wants to conquer the sun. He wants to be able to... To block out the sun. Be able to... Well, not even block it, but to be able to go out and be exposed to it, you know, and and not matter, you know, like... Okay. That's like his big mission. Wow. As a villain, you know. (laughs) Boy, he just wants to go outside in the daytime. (laughs) He just wants to play ball. But no, I really think Muzan's kind of a... Just to touch on him a little bit more and what I wanted to talk about earlier is that I think he's a very fascinating villain because we only get these very small, horrifying touches Holy on shit. him you know where it's like you see the first experience we see him just as a normal ass michael jackson looking dude yeah and before we know it he's got a little daughter and he's got a perfectly normal human wife and if you think about it, that's kind of terrifying yep. that he is this super demon that has created a world of demons he's just living a normal life with a wife and a kid in a city Do we always see him the same way and so we, that's the only time we basically ever see him like that and then the next time we're exposed to him he's in like this weird woman body yeah and torturing his lower rank demons yeah. for failing him you know and i mean violently torturing his lower rank demons for failing him and so to kind of go on to it even further then in the manga you don't see him again after that until all of a sudden he's a little boy holy shit being adopted by humans and just like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> This guy's so, fucked up. I think he literally just lives like this crazy life of like hiding from the Demon Slayer yeah. core. And so that's why he we kind of see him having all these different appearances and these different Do you think he's like a lives a Pennywise type of guy? Absolutely. A Pennywise that's hiding in within humanity, essentially, yeah. you know. So he's like um changing personalities constantly, changing his life constantly to just keep one step ahead of the Demon Slayer core. Man. Um and so that's why we never see him in the same form twice. And so it's one of those things, like you kind of said in Western storytelling, where it's never outrightly said. But yeah. I definitely believe that's why it's like that, is that it is mentioned that he's forever one step ahead of the demon core. They can never quite pinpoint Fuck. where he is. And even when they think that it is, it's because he's cre- intentionally creating an illusion there yeah. so that he can hide in a completely different place. You know so. you know who is also as equally um, mysterious from my outsider point of view is the head of the demon slayer absolutely and i'm i'm sure there's all kinds of who is dying from some mysterious sickness that just progressively becomes a thing throughout the manga from whatever sickness holy has caused that yeah i mean that's that is so it's a big he's a big mystery it's like who are these two little girls are with him are they his (laughs) daughters like why are they his the advocates for speaking for him there's there's very little explanation around all of that but i think that's intentional and probably all comes out right at the end you know on what the fuck yeah (laughs) that is should we come back to this once it's it's all said and done absolutely i think once i'm able to finish reading and everything and we should definitely do another demon slayer episode so we can kind of just talk about the whole the story as a whole you know what i mean or like we could even do maybe like a special mugen train episode when the movie's out because i think that'll be something kind of exciting just read book eight and kind of talk about how we feel like they did in the parallels so as, okay. as the Demon Slayer fan, truly out of the two of us, I uh-huh. highly recommend recommend this for anybody who really enjoyed the anime and feels like they need more. Yeah. It, it You can pick up at book eight, and it's so seamless. It's fantastic. Uh, I read volume one. I loved it. I think the texture in the drawings is beautiful. Um, I like 
a lot of how it looks probably more than how the anime mm-hmm. looks, but the anime is also just so much easier to consume mm-hmm. at, on the fact that it just plays out for you. Absolutely. Um, I give both of them a passing grade. I, mean, I like both of them. Yeah, and I just I I it's a highly recommend for me. You know, yeah, it's something that I think anybody should kind of uh, give a chance. Okay. Well, next week we're going to be talking about Thor, uh, God of Thunder, mm-hmm. um, both God Butcher and God Bomb. It covers issues one through eleven. Um, and then after that, we'll be talking about Raiders by Daniel Friedman and Crom, which I haven't even gotten into it yet. But yeah, I'm excited. This is your recommendation. But, yeah, uh, it's it's a good looking book. It's a good uh, what Dark Horse comic that yes. we're gonna jump into a little bit. So yeah. jumping into the horse. Do you want to? Do you want to hint at what comes after that? Do you remember? I, I made a whole list. Yeah, so. I want to do Daredevil, uh, Born Again. So I think yeah, and that sounds kind of perfect to kind of do, and then like, we can compare it to maybe season three of Daredevil, Daredevil a little bit. Sounds great to me. Okay, awesome. There you go. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, uh, Dang, we practiced our ending and we didn't write it down. I remember <laughs> it was uh, come back next week. Yeah, come uh, back next week. And yeah, we will see you then, or we, we will, will see, see you on another time. Another time. Okay, bye, bye, guys.